Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dad's Rules with Kevin Belzer. So we've been working our way through a series called MetisCon Recap. What I'm doing is I'm going through all the speakers that spoke in July at the first MetisCon. We are down to our last three speakers, so however long this episode goes, it's going to go. I want to get through these last three because next week we're going to have a case study. The case study is going to be about me. Okay, so in that one, it's going to be a little bit different of a format that you're used to because it's going to be a couple of the founders of Menace that are discussing me, the success I've had in Menace, all the bumper on the front and the back end, and a way for you to participate in Menace if you'd like. Okay, so for today, though, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on our last three speakers. First up is Tim Herridge. He is an executive director, RCN Capital, $1 billion plus of real estate transactions. That is a lot of transactions. Has bought or sold 1,300 plus houses. So yeah, the guy kind of knows what he's doing when it comes to real estate and investing. Tim, I have a list of notes here that I'm going to go over. We'll extrapolate as need be, but sometimes what they say is good enough. We're just going to leave it alone. The first thing that said is, I've made a lot of money knowing that guy. This is something that I've learned from Jordan Adler and Tim said as well, and a couple other speakers said it too, where it's connections. It's all about connecting with other people. You cannot go to success alone. You have to have other people around you to get where you want to be. And to think that you're going to do it in secret, incognito, without any help from anybody else, not going to happen. You're going to need connections along the way. And I personally can say that, well, like take real estate, for example, I wouldn't even be involved in it if it wasn't for guys like Phil Shaver and Nicholas Trevelyan. So you have to know people that will take you to where you want to be. Next up, what's a lot of money to some is not a lot to others. So I like how he followed up saying, I've made a lot of money knowing that guy to this line. What's a lot of money to some is not a lot to others. You could have someone that is perfectly happy with $50,000. Imagine a third world country, how much money $50,000 is. I have a client that I'm helping right now that he was talking about what he'll be making with this residence being in Mexico and how much home it can buy down there. So you give me an example. His home up here is worth around 400000 Down there, same kind of home in a gated community will cost him about 130000 brand new. Different countries, different price points as far as uh, how far you can um, string a dollar along, I guess you could say. So he was saying that he'll have residence there, but he'll continue to work in the field that he's in right now. And in essence, be living a very wealthy lifestyle without changing the amount of money he's making. So it is relative to where you are, because like what I make, I make several hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in Phoenix. That's pretty good. Take that same money and throw it into San Francisco, though, and I'm scraping by. It's kind of funny, even in the United States, the discrepancy there to between locations. You took the income I make here, though, and throw it in, let's say I grew up in the Midwest. So you throw, throw it into some of those small towns I grew up back there. It would be a ton of money to be able to go a long way. So just even inside our U.S. borders, it's all relative to what a lot of money is. Next thing he said is skip the line. Way I took this is that by knowing the right people, having the right connections, you can, in essence, skip the line and not go through steps. So you don't have to learn every little thing if you know a guy, know a girl that knows that thing that you're trying to figure out, have their knowledge help propel you further ahead and skip the line. Next point, fuck your excuses. Not the first one at this conference that says something like that. If I go back to my notes for Mary Pierce, she said, 
fuck it, why not me? Like you said, fuck your excuses. You cannot use past issues as an excuse of why you can't get ahead. I have rule number 15. I will look over at my board and rule fit number 15 is the 30-minute wide. Excuses need to have an expiration date. I give an expiration of 30 minutes. In reality, you aren't always going to even need that long of a time frame. You may need just a few seconds, a few minutes, and you're done with it. But either way, you need to put a clock on when you're done with your excuses and it's time to move on. I put 30 minutes. Honestly, don't think it should be longer than that. I think you're wasting time. We only have so many trips around the sun. Let's not waste any moment of that. <laughs> this next one's kind of funny. Life is a cycle of taking shit and then not putting up with more shit. There's many ways to interpret this one. Hmm. How do I want to break this one down? Okay, so wherever you're at in life, you are going to take a certain level of shit until you progress. So that's how I'd probably take this one. If you're just learning a skill, you're going to be taking a lot of shit because you don't know it yet. You're going to get a lot of rejections. Take sales, for example, because that's what mainly this podcast is about is sales and business and being an entrepreneur. When you first start in any kind of sales, you're going to be taking shit because you don't have good scripting. You don't know how to overcome objections, all kinds of stuff. But as you're growing, you need to not be putting up with more shit because now you have skill to back you up. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. Next point, and this ties right in. You've got to be willing to fail forward. That shit that you were taking, the lessons you were learning, you need to make sure that you're actually learning a lesson out of it. Meaning that if you fail at something, take a look at why you failed and break it down. So me and my business partner have this thing where when I leave an appointment, I give him a phone call. We go over the appointment, the good and the bad, so we can learn from it. If it was bad, we learn from those mistakes so that we're failing forward. In real estate, for example, which is my main occupation, you have an ever-changing market. So things that could have worked six months ago, like what we're going through right now as I'm recording this, is the market six months ago compared to now is two totally different things. Six months ago, what I could do and get away with, you can't now. Your scripting has to change. Your presentation has to change. How you present everything, how the market looks, how sellers, buyers are all acting in the market, it all has to change. So what we're doing out of those appointments is we're analyzing it and we're determining where we need to make course corrections very quickly. And that's why we do it after each phone call. You should be doing it if you're in sales of any kind. You should always be analyzing instead of going home at the end of the day and going, well, that was a crappy day. I didn't sell anything. Instead, ask the question, okay, I didn't sell any of these. Why didn't I sell any of these? And you need to be taking the time between each of those appointments and not just be analyzing at the end of the day. You can have an overall powwow at the end of the day as well, going, you know, where you're reanalyzing it again. However, it's best if you're going between appointments because you don't want to make that mistake three appointments in a row. Getting leads in and potential clients for anything in sales is gold. So you don't want to be wasting any of that. Lead with value, give 10x more value for every ask. Even when you're presenting yourself on social media, you should be leading with value rather than leading with a sale. This afternoon, I'll be recording a tip for sellers that are dealing with investors right now and in their investor offers. I'm not even asking for the sale. And all I'm doing is explaining what the investors are doing right now with their offers. That's it. Just explaining that. And it's just going to be a value video. Same thing when you're with a potential client at an appointment, you should be leading with value. Don't think that you're giving away the secrets because they're going to base it off of, how do I want to put this? What's the best way to say this? Okay. 
The other day when I was doing an appointment, all I did is I, I was just educating the whole way through. And at the end, they sold themselves. That's probably the best way to explain it. I didn't have to ask for the sale at the end. Now I have scripting to ask for the sale at the end, but in that situation, I did not because I'm just giving value. Here's what the market's doing. Here's what's happening with buyers currently. Here's what we're seeing from other sellers and how we're handling their listings. Here's how we need to do that. The marketing, the advertising, I'm literally giving away everything, including the kitchen sink. Value, 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 value. At the end, they felt that they needed to hire me. It is your job to take care of yourself. Well, that's pretty straightforward. It's your job to take care of yourself. So to tie into everything he, else he was talking about in here, that knowing when to ask people to help you out, his first point, skipping the line by asking those people, you need to be willing to put yourself out there to ask, saying, fuck your excuses, meaning rule number 15, the 30 minute wine, having a time clock on your excuses, learning to fail forward, taking the lessons out of whatever your presentation was, whatever was going on, and then taking those lessons to where you don't repeat the mistakes again on your next presentation. That's another thing. Leading with value, giving value, value, value. You're helping the client out. By doing all those things, you will be taking care of yourselves. If you try to skip all the steps and just try to close immediately with any kind of lead, any kind of presentation, you're not taking care of yourself. You're not taking care of the client. And to run it full circle, the last thing you know, the last thing you said was who you know or who knows you. Who you know or who knows you. Who you know would be the connections. Who knows you would be presenting yourself out there. So if you want to take care of yourself on that aspect, we're getting into the social media presentation I was talking about in prior episodes where you're making sure you have enough content out there giving value, 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 and you're always out there in front of people so they know you. That's how I'm going to explain that one. He had other ways to explain, but that's, that's the, the cool thing about going to these kind of events is that their point may not always be the point that you take out of it. And I'm sure when I see him again in January speaking, because that's the next time I'm going to see him, when I see him speaking, then I'll get other information out because you continually grow. Because like we talked about, you're failing forward. So you're always learning lessons. You're always growing. So the next time I see him, it's going to be a totally different thing. That will wrap it up for Tim Harridge. Apologize if I pronounce his last name wrong. Never mean to do that intentionally. Brilliant speech. Can't wait to meet him. See him again in January at MenaceCon 2. You're all invited if you buy a ticket. All right, there's a caveat there. Buy a ticket will be the best money you ever spend in your entire freaking life. Next up, we have Justin Mercer. Justin Mercer is the tattooed realtor. He's local here in the Phoenix area, top 40 under 40 in real estate, branding expert and marketer. If you ever get a chance, check out his Instagram and watch his videos. They are attention grabbing. They are flat out freaking hilarious. In this business of real estate, it's all about getting attention and keeping attention. In fact, any business you're in is about not only getting the attention, but keeping the attention once you have it. That's what Justin Mercer is all about. He went against the grain when he started in real estate. Love the man for that. First thing he talked about is finding your real why. Why are you really doing this? Whatever you're doing in your life, why are you really doing this? If you're an entrepreneur, why are you doing it? Why do you create this business? If you're an employee, why do you work here? These are great questions. The why do I work here one came up so many times. That's why I have 33 different jobs. But I digress. The example we've given before had to do with Nicholas Trevelyan and when he started his author program where he's helping people write books that could sell themselves to the public and put them in a position of being professionals, the go-to person in whatever field they're in. 
However, to get to, to his final conclusion took a while because initially it took way too long to explain it out. Finally got it down to pretty much just one sentence, one, two sentences, quick five seconds said, and he was done on it. You need to dive deep on what your why is. Next thing he brought up was think like a consumer, not an agent. In other fields, you could say, think like a customer, not the owner. Think like a customer, not the manager. This is why in sales, you should always be continually analyzing how you're pitching the product to the consumer. You can't just think about why you think it's so awesome, but why would it be awesome to them? Make sense? Me, it makes perfect sense. So we'll move on to the next one. Lean into relationship. This was brought up by Tim. This was brought up by Jordan in a previous podcast. Lean into relationships. I won't say take advantage of connections, but make connections. That's the best way to say it. Make connections. Help each other advance. He asked a question that's relevant to my field. What did I need when buying a home? So take whatever you're selling and ask yourself, what did I need when I was buying a car or buying a home? Whatever the case may be. Whatever it was, go back to that time so you can go back to consumer mindset instead of agent or salesperson mindset. Perception is his next point. Perception is a reality. If people perceive you as being the go-to expert in your field, then that is the reality of it. You're the one that's going to get the calls. You could be the greatest agent in the world. I'm speaking to realtors out there. You could be the greatest agent in the world, but if you're an incognito agent, we'll be speaking on this in a few weeks. If you're an incognito agent, it doesn't matter. Incognito agent, maybe you're the greatest as far as negotiating contracts, putting in offers and showing homes and doing listing appointments. But if nobody knows who you are, you're an incognito agent. Same thing as a salesperson or a car manufacturer. You can make the greatest car, but if you have a horrible marketing platform around it, you're kind of screwed. Same thing if you're a solopreneur. You can be the greatest at whatever your career is as a solopreneur or a small business owner. But if you don't know how to get the perception out there, the right kind of perception you want, then you're screwed. Because then the perception of you, the fact that you are not on social media or you're not big into marketing because they never see you out there marketing anything, that will become the reality. Next point you made was attention. Get attention. Falls right off the, other, the last point there. Your goal is not only to get somebody's attention. I learned this a long time ago from one of my mentors who said, I love it when you jump in pools, but then it's kind of over. He had a great point. I would jump into pools, but I'd never do any marketing around that. Just do it every now and then, just see me jump in a pool. I created a whole marketing program around it to where we called the Splash Program. That's my real estate marketing program. I created that and then I became known as that agent who dresses up in dress clothes and jumps into a bowl, created a new reality, a new perception, got the attention, and now the goal is to keep that attention, to not give it up ever again. I hate it when I get a call and go, they spoke to someone else who does the same thing you do. What that tells me right then, because I have had that recently to where people, I've had both sides. People saw me and people didn't see me. The ones that didn't see me, I was like, I need to do more because I'm not getting in front of enough people to get attention and keep attention. I'm creating the wrong reality for some people, even though there were people out there that saw it. So even in my case, where you look at myself and it's obnoxious, it's out there, it's aggressive, it's attention grabbing, I'm still finding out it's not enough. It's like Grant Cardone talks about wanting everybody on the planet to know who he is. I want everybody on the planet to know what the Splash program is. R and D, next point, research and development. Do you need to do research and development? Mm, you could, 
you can also rip off somebody and make it better. I know it sounds cold, but if other people have gone before you, figured out how to do something, why do you need to go reinvent the wheel if somebody already did it? You can take that wheel, you can design a better performing wheel. To give you an example, I remember when I had a Geo Metro, it had like 12 inch rims on it. These were really crappy tires. Then you look at the BMW, it's got these wide performance tires. They're made for going really fast, in essence, race car tires. So somebody in time decided that, okay, we could keep putting these Metro type tires on all these cars, or we could develop better tires for higher performing cars and improve on something. So they took a design that already existed, the wheel, they ripped it off, and then they made it better. Questions you need to ask yourself in any business, me included, how do I get better attention? So when I got that phone call from somebody going, yeah, this other person, they do the same thing as you. It kind of stung, but then it also made me question, because remember, rule number 15, I only get 30 minutes to whine about anything. So even though I didn't get that appointment, I had to analyze it and go, okay, well, how can I improve so this doesn't happen again and learn from this and fail forward? So how do I get better attention moving forward? Now, granted, I pulled up in my wrap truck. They saw that. I I did my pitch. I gave them a copy of my pitch. I sent them all my links for all the videos that I do. I went over my presentation. I gave them copies of one of my five real estate books. Yet they still said that somebody else did the same thing I do. Yeah, I don't think so. But I'm still going to try to figure out and rehash over the next week. How can I do things better? Because even though I know that that whole excuse from them was a bunch of bullshit and that they probably just hired a friend. I still don't want that to happen ever again in an appointment that I definitely should get. Last thing you said was try to find a way to do it all better. So that's what I'm working on right now in my business with the Splash program is how do I make things better? How do I get more attention? How do I keep attention? How do I create a reality that I want to exist? A perception that I want to be the reality and not a perception that I am every other fucking agent because I'm not. And honestly, I did flat out tell them that I'm not every other agent. I will not walk away from a phone call like that with somebody saying that and thinking that I will be okay with it because I was not okay with it. All right, that will wrap up Justin Mercer. Before going over the last speaker, there was a short time up there with one other speaker. His name is Tegan Prince, 15 years old, CEO of Attitude is Everything. So he has this whole line of clothing, hats, apparel to say Attitude is Everything. He's a future McLaren P1 owner. That's what he said. And if you met him, I would believe him. He's an expert on never being broke. That is what his dad said, is that he always figures out a way to have money. What I loved is at 15 years old, I could look at him and his attitude, what his drive was with this business and everything and go, man, this kid, if he keeps doing what he's doing, hanging around this group of people, knowing that the co-founder of Menace is his dad, take advantage of all that, the circle, everything, that this kid by the age of 20 would not shock me if he's a millionaire or a multimillionaire. So with him, to keep this very short on him, I didn't take notes on him. It was basically a Q&A going back and forth with his dad. But what I will say is that if you want some really cool swag, go to menaceswag.com. Pick up an attitude is everything shirt because when you look at it and you're wearing it, you see yourself in the mirror with that right on the shirt, it's going to put you back in check, get your attitude correct. Last speaker, James Engel. James Engel is the 
founder of Everyone Solar, title sponsor for the Menescon event, and an all-around awesome guy. I've never seen somebody, until I met Jordan Adler, I'd never seen somebody that was so giving, so connected as I had James Sago. But now seeing Jordan, I'm like, okay, these people, when you get into this echelon of the speakers ahead, there's a lot of these guys that are so giving, so connected, and willing to share. James Eagle brought up a few points. I've seen him speak a few other times. I didn't take a lot of notes because when he speaks, I tend to get just engrossed in what he's saying and forget that, oh yeah, I should be taking notes. Because at the time I did this, I was not thinking of making it a future podcast. So yeah, my fault. First point he brought up was people want to cheat their way through and won't throw them over the fence, won't throw their wallet over the fence. What does he mean? You could have, you could let's say you're riding along a fence line, it has barbed wire on it, your hat flies off and goes on the other side of the fence. They know they got another hat at home. So are they really going to throw themselves over the fence to go and get that hat? No, they're probably going to lose it. However, if you throw your wallet over the fence, you're going to climb through. You're going to get scratched up, beat up because you need that wallet because it's got your ID in it. It's got your credit cards and it. it has all this important stuff in it. You're going to go for it. So from a business perspective, most people will figure out or try to figure out a way to cheap their way through life and won't throw their wallet over the fence. What he was trying to get at is what you need to do is you need to go all in on something. Don't go willy-nilly on anything you're doing in life. If you want to go after it, you want to know if it can actually succeed, you have to know that you threw your wallet over the fence and you made a concerted effort to make that dream, that business a reality. So what you need to do is you need to invest in your business, invest in you, both those things, invest in your business and invest in you. Meeting in your business, whatever goods you need to make it happen, make it happen. Invest in you, make your mind better. Huge. It's not only books, podcasts. It's also going to events, going to conferences, learning, trying to improve yourself. Last point he made is do business with people you know, like, trust, are proactive givers and have a positive core. That's how he analyzes everybody. He puts everybody on a seven-point scale. People you know, like, trust, proactive givers and have a positive core. I can't remember what the seventh was it. I'm going to have to ask him because when I wrote it down, I thought I'd had seven and I'm looking at it right now. I got six. So the best I could ever do is if I hit those six, I, I, I may or may not be hitting the seventh one because I didn't write it down. So next time I see James Ingle, I'm going to have to ask him what the seventh one was. Thinking back to it, I don't recall him saying a seventh one, but he grades everybody on these seven. And if they have roughly five of the seven, it's people that he will have no issues working with. Below that, they're probably not going to make his circle. Actually, they're not going to make his circle. They can't improve on those things. They can get into the circle, but it's kind of hard because a lot of these things, you either have it or you don't have it. Are you likable? Can people trust you? Are you a proactive type person? Are you a giver? These business people, they notice if you're a giver or a taker. And do you have a positive core? There's an aura that we all give off without getting into mumbo jumbo type talk here. There is an aura we give off. My wife has been able to nail people on this where she's said to me later on, I, I don't trust them. I'm getting this vibe. It's what they call it, this gut instinct on them. And she has never been wrong. So I've learned at this point, just trust it. We all have that energy we're giving off one way or another. So like I said, not a lot of notes on James. However, he has a lot to say. He will be speaking again in January. I just saw him like a week and a half ago and I wasn't giving my notes before I met with him. Otherwise, I would have asked him what the seventh one was then. Literally just saw him a week ago. So it's kind of kind of frustrating. And I don't think I'm seeing him again until January. So it's going to be what it's going to be. 
So we're going to wrap it up here. The next episode, what we're going to be conquering is the case study. I already brought this up a little bit. The case study, what it's going to be, this is going to be a special kind of episode. It's not going to be a lot of me in it. It's going to be the topic about me, but not a lot of me talking. I'm going to be introing the episode and I'm going to be outroing the episode, giving you guys a link to where how you can become a menace as well. So that's going to be covered in that one. For you business people out there, this is a very important episode for you to catch because we all, in the current times we're going through, we need to be looking at ways that we can take our business to another level to get that attention, to keep that attention. The way things are right now, those that don't, you're going to be left behind or you're just not going to survive the coming few years of this inflation we're going through, this adjusting of the economy. Definitely take a look out for that episode. It is going to be the longest episode I've ever done up for very, but it's going to be all meat, no side dishes, just going to be pure 100% USDA. Uh, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to go out. I'd like you to share this with all your friends, your families, your enemies. Subscribe, review, leave a review, leave a comment. Just hit me up. Let me know what you guys want me to talk about in the future because we are wrapped up on this. We're going to go back to what we were doing prior to this 10 episode arc. And that will wrap up for today. Until next time, go out and be the kick-ass adult. I know you all can be. <laughs>